Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Marianne Live. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Marianne Camarado, and like I usually say, great relationships begin with end. And I say that because uh, for the last 25 plus years, it's been my privilege, my honor, and my deep devotion to uh, commit myself to trying to understand how to help you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships. And uh, because everything is relationship for us two-legged, you know, we're relational creatures, that spans a pretty big spectrum of ways that we want to stay in relationship with ourselves, with each other, and today with our practice, a mindfulness practice is, is part of what we're going to be talking about with our guest coming up here in just a little bit. Eric uh, Wall-Robinstein is joining us, and uh, he's written an amazing book for us. It's going to knock you out. Waging Inner Peace is the title of his book, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But what I wanted to start with is at the top of the hour, what we typically do is we engage in practice together. Uh, there are a couple pieces of our practice at the beginning of the program and then a piece at the end. And it's just an invitation. It's a way for you to bring awareness to, oh, yeah, I have a practice. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot my practice. What is practice? Oh, yeah, you know. So And, and so I offer small ways that have worked for me and, and a lot of other folks over the years to help us get present is the first thing we want to try to do. Life is pulling us into every direction possible, more so now than ever, how do I stay here? How do I stay here? Well, we've got to get here first, as my teacher would say. And uh, so let's do that. Let's find our breath. I'm a somatic practitioner, and one of the things I'm devoted to is not forgetting the body component, the wisdom of our body, our mind, body, soul. And breath helps yoke that together, as our guest today knows. That's the, actually the meaning of yoga, they say, is breath, yoke. Yoke, 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 bringing together all those opposites. Um, and breath being the center point. So find your breath. Just notice it. There's nothing necessarily to do about it. Where is it in your body? And how is it? Again, nothing to do. It's breathing you. And if it feels good and if it feels useful, maybe letting that breath deepen some really helps with your nervous system, helps us ground and get present. You might even uh, make an audible breath to hear your own sound, bringing yourself further into the present moment. And as you're enjoying that or not, because let's don't pretend sometimes bringing our attention to ourselves is the last thing we want to do. 
You know, we want out. We want to be distracted. We want to not feel what we're feeling, and and we know that's the work. So if you have found in your breath a, an uncomfortable place, see if you can just notice that as well. Because help has arrived. You are in the right place, right? We want to get through what we need to get through, get to the other side, and, and that often involves being with whatever's here right now. So we want to honor that. And the next place we want to invite you into while you're breathing in and out, where your breath is breathing you, is finding a portal of gratitude. I find um, that gratitude helps us shift one's perspective. It's a point of view, but getting there again, this is no easy, no easy thing to do. Uh, again, particularly now, this time is like no other on the planet. They're saying the world is spinning around, so many moving parts, so much happening, so much to juggle, to digest, to manage, and trying to find a still point. Gratitude, I notice, can help with that. And so I would invite you to ask the following question to yourself. Who helps make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? And that might open up a vista, a place to climb through. Like, oh, yeah, I ate cereal for breakfast. Do you know how many people it took to, to make that? Maybe you made it. I don't know, maybe you have a garden, you have a dehydrator. I mean, the hours and hours it takes for people to help us do the most basic thing. Just find one that pops up for you on your radar. Maybe the electronic device you're using. Who knows how many people had to come together to invent, to manufacture, or where that's happening. Just opening up, widening that lens some. And as you are feeling into that, I'm going to go down my quick list, but... Very important list of folks who help make this program possible. At the top of our list is our honorary sponsor, the One World Children's Fund.org. If you're online, helping unite um, or improve, rather, the lives of children affected by poverty at the national level, we want to honor the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. N-A-C-T-I-O-N.org. They make programming like this possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And for the last decade here on Marian Live, the Open Secret Bookstore. Um, it's got the latest in meditation and revelation here in Northern California. have been a, a sponsor of this program, so we want to give a shout-out to them, all those folks who are doing good stuff, devoted to helping helping us shift, awaken, stay awake, come together, unite, etc., and uh, do the stuff that we need to do together. All right, everybody. We're breathing. We're here. We're present. We're trying to get grateful. Yeah, because we want to be present to get to receive, as I would say, the presence helps us receive the presence that our guest today, Eric Wall Robinstein, has to give us. He's written a new book. He's here to talk about it today. Waging Inner Peace is the title of the book, How 5,000 Veterans Use the Ancient Secrets of Yoga and Mindfulness to Reclaim Their Lives from Stress, and how you can, too. Um, Eric is joining us this hour. Eric is a, an author, speaker, a nationally recognized educator in the fields of yoga, mindfulness, and body-mind wellness. And uh, in addition to his work with our military members and veterans, Eric is the founder of Yoga Pura, one of the... Arizona's largest yoga and wellness centers here in the United States, and uh, also he's the president of a Better Box, 
a first-of-its-kind company specializing in the creation of customized personal development experiences. His work has been widely featured. You've probably heard of him, seen him maybe on uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and now here on Marion Live. Uh, he's joining us today to talk about his book, and we're just going to revisit that before I introduce him. Let me tell you a little bit about the book, uh, How 5,000 Veterans Use the Ancient Secrets of Yoga and Mindfulness to Reclaim Their Lives from Stress, and how we can do it too. Uh, Eric is a former U.S. Army infantry officer turned yoga master and created the Bootstrap Yoga System to help returning vets and their families cope with the effects of PTSD and other psychological effects of war. And it works for ordinary people just like us in real life, he says. So it's one of the world's most comprehensive mind-body solutions for calming and rebalancing the nervous system. He's going to show us how to explore the often unexamined internal sources of stress and emotional disturbance and introduce ancient wellness techniques to us this hour, and we're excited to have you here. Welcome to the program, Eric. We're so glad you came. Well, thank you. I'm very, very happy to be here. Uh, we're glad you are. Would you mind first talking with us a little bit about your experience uh, in the military and, and how you came to be an author? Well, sure. This is um, way, way back, um, thankfully, before all of the shooting began. Um, I graduated from the University of Nevada, Reno, back in uh, 1985, and I served for uh, pretty close to about 10 years, um, some active duty and some in reserves as an infantry officer. And this has um, really set me off on a trajectory that helped me to really kind of establish a relationship with this particular population. And then so when I fast forward many, many years later, and I was running my yoga center here and working with people in small groups and individually um, with stress-related conditions, um, I got a phone call from an old student of mine whose son was in the military, and that became kind of the natural catalyst for me to circle back and begin um, serving that population uh, in a very different way from how I did when I was uh, a military officer. Mm -hmm. It brings up an interesting point for me in terms of um, the sort of the theories about how we um, awaken or develop as from children to adults and on throughout, on throughout life. Most of us talk about the, the development of children, and then we sort of stop when we're adults. We don't think about that. But your career progression makes me think about adult development and adult developmental stages. And within that, I, I, where I'm going with that is I'm curious about the person you were back then in the military and his awakening to understanding, hey, something's going on in me that needs attention, you know, and, and finding yoga and then finding these tools and then becoming a teacher. I mean, that's a big progression. You just didn't wake up one day and become a teacher. And I think that's important for, for our listeners because we all will find ourselves somewhere in that spectrum. And so tools, when applied to, um, you know, that we all hope we have beginner's mind on this path ultimately, but... But, but, you know, tell us a little bit about your awakening stages, I guess is what I want to say. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because for, as you can imagine, many, many people ask me about this transition from military officer to a yoga mindfulness teacher, coach, and speaker. And at first blush, and this was even true for me in looking at it initially, it seemed like they were really worlds apart. But when I began to consider this a little bit deeper and looking back at what was moting, motivating me to become a military officer and what motivates me today to do the work that I'm doing, um, they're much closer together than um, even I had first imagined in that what's always driven me um, was service, 
mm-hmm. and service to something larger than myself. Mm-hmm. And that was the defining characteristic that um, propelled me into this career as a military officer. And the transition from that particular kind of service to the service that I'm doing today actually was driven by an injury that happened to me personally. So if we go back even before I became a military officer, I was a 17-year-old kid in a darkened parking garage not too far from you in Sacramento, California. And it was the middle of the day, but it was a dark corner of the parking garage, and I got attacked by a group of seven or eight, um, well, we could call them thugs. Um, it's probably the kindest way to put it. And uh, I got beaten pretty bad, um, although physically um, I was pretty clear that I'd just be able to walk away from this and brush it off in a couple of weeks. But it left me with some mental and emotional scarring that I had not really anticipated um, and really, to be honest, didn't recognize for the better part of a decade, maybe even more than a decade. And when I look back, knowing what I know now and doing the work that I do now, it's really clear that I had a stress injury um, as a result of this event. Like and trauma? You that, mean, what do you mean by that, a trauma? Well, the, the, the event itself I would term a trauma. Okay. And then that trauma had an impact in my nervous system, a lasting impact in my nervous system that I would term a, a stress injury. And what what that meant in kind of everyday terms was that any time I walked into a dark enclosed space, um, it sent me into a kind of a mild panic. When I encountered people who looked like my attackers, I got very, very uneasy and anxious. And on on top of that, I had issues with sleeping and some anger management issues and all of that. And it wasn't until, like I said, about 10 to 12 years later that it became clear that I really needed to deal with this. And it was that need, um, after my separation of service, I was living in San Francisco, that actually drove me to begin to investigate some of these, what I like to call mind-body technologies, um, up at Spirit Rock Meditation Center and San Francisco Zen Center, where I spent many, many years, and then ultimately moving into yoga as well. So that was kind of really how this metamorphosis took place over time. So thank you for that. Um, And prompted by a very... um life-altering events, as I think a lot of listeners are out there remembering back to the pivotal moments in their life, and there's often more than one, you know, when we make one life choice and another, and in this case, like a fork in the road, right? Um, So choosing this path of service, a different kind of service, I really like how you frame that, you know, being, being in service to something bigger than yourself. When did you start to recognize these tools and techniques were really transforming you in the way that you were were wanting? It was really um, pretty quickly, actually, uh, within literally a matter of weeks. Because um, one of the things about my personality is I'm kind of a one of those go big or go home guys. Mm-hmm. And when I begin to dip my toes in the water, uh, it takes me uh, microseconds before my whole being is immersed in whatever it is that I'm uh, investigating. And so I really dove into the practice initially of, of meditation and uh, attended many retreats and uh, sessions at the Zen Center and things of that nature. And I re- realized relief from these symptoms that have been plaguing me for many, many years in, in just a matter of weeks. And that really made me more and more curious to not only what else was available 
But another little glimpse into how my mind works is I'm always interested in why things work. So why is it that sitting and staring at a wall was having such a profound effect? And why is it that I was putting myself, my body, into weird contorted positions, and that was changing my relationships, my career, and every part of my life? And so that really fueled my investigation mm -hmm. into things that really are kind of the hallmark of what I do today. Right, which is what you're going to share with us for the rest of this hour. Thank you for that background. Everybody, if you're just tuning in, you're with Marianne Camarado on Marianne Live. Some of you already know that. For the rest of you, you're like, hey, what's happening here? Well, we're talking with author Eric Wall Robinstein about his new book, Waging Inner Peace. And uh, we're going to spend the rest of this hour talking about the tools that Eric has developed for us to help us navigate our own uh, experience with stress, whether it's um, historical, whether it's current, uh, whatever's going on for you. We're going to unpack that here this hour. Um, Eric, before we go to the break, let's talk a little bit about you brought up stress, the stress response to, in, in your situation, a traumatic event. Um, you have a particular way you view stress. Let's start talking about that so people can understand your your context for, for stress. I think the most important recognition uh, for us all is that stress is a normal, natural, and necessary functioning of the human nervous system. And that, I was going to say to a large degree, but the fact is that stress is designed to help preserve our lives and our species. The, the trouble is that when stress gets um, overcomes us in the wrong doses and or when we don't have the skills and the tools necessary to recognize how it's being perpetuated, um, oftentimes unwittingly by ourselves, that we get into trouble. So I like to take it out of this realm of stress as something that is a categorically negative or bad to helping people understand that what we're really dealing with is a natural functioning of the human organism, and it behooves us to understand what's going on not only around us but what's going on under the hoods of these body-mind so that we can effectively manage our humanness, as I like to say, and live the happy, relaxed, and productive lives that we really crave. Right, and your, your book helps us understand which stress response we're experiencing and, and how to notice that and cultivate those tools and skills, essentially, among other things. But um, you know, there's so much, most of the experts are saying uh, this is the pie they have, a third, a third, a third, a third genetics, a third lifestyle, and a third stress. Right, and that stress one is something we can do something about. Lifestyle is something we can do something about. Genetics, well, not yet. Right, so there, it's like we do have uh, a modicum of control about uh, the results that we create in our lives, and your your book is really helping us address that. So, um, all right, we're going to get ready to go to break here. When we come back, we're going to talk with Eric about how you can become your own stress expert um, and. Uh, addressing some of the issues that are coming up for each of us right after these messages. So don't touch that dial. Keep breathing in and out. Uh, you might be staring at a wall if you're on the road. Keep your eyes on the road. We're going to be right back more right after these messages.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reno. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. everybody thanks for being here today you're in the right place you're breathing in and out you can still feel the vestiges of that gratitude opening up a little bit i hope maybe your shoulders are dropping away from your earlobes some or not maybe you're out of your gourd and you're like look i need some mindfulness stuff let's get to it (laughs) whatever the case we're glad you're here eric wall robinstein is here with us today and he's got some great tools for us wonderful skills that he not only is going to share with us, but he has shared with uh, over 5,000 veterans, okay, using these secrets of yoga and mindfulness practice. Hey, Eric, you call this um, stress management system bootstrap yoga. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, when I – let me kind of go back to when I was first putting this together. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I've been working for many, many years with people having various different stress conditions and and wanting to live a little bit lighter and happier at my center here in Arizona. And um, it was back in, I want to say the spring of 2006, I believe, when I got a phone call from an old, old student of mine who was um, a mother of a U.S. Marine, and he had just been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, at the time, uh, and still to some degree today, uh, that was a, a really, really problematic diagnosis from the perspective of his career uh, and his of every aspect of his mental and emotional well-being because Stephen had been uh, somebody who had found his really calling um, in service in the Marines, and this was putting that all at jeopardy. And so you combine that with the fact that the the DOD and the VA at the time were doing um, a less than lackluster job at providing the services they require. Um, the fear that he was experiencing, um, his mom was understandably terrified and wanted to know if I could help. 
And the challenge at the time was really that Stephen was in Camp Pendleton in California and I was here in Arizona. He couldn't travel. I couldn't travel because of my responsibilities. And so it was kind of a gauntlet being thrown down in a certain way to package or repackage those things that were working really well for us here in my wellness center in Arizona in a way that they could be pushed out to people uh, in their own homes, in their own communities, um, while still maintaining their effectiveness. Mm-hmm. The, the added challenge, of course, is that it's no secret that in many ways the United States military and the yoga community live at the opposite ends of the cultural spectrum. And so the secondary challenge, at least from my perspective, was packaging it in such a way that it would seem um, digestible, relevant, and accessible for this population for whom yoga is kind of a scary thing. Mm. And that really started the ball rolling in putting together the the curriculum. It's a 10-week-long curriculum uh, for the bootstrap system. Mm -hmm. That's great background. And also it helps uh, address or offer a bridge for folks um, who maybe are connected in the military in some way, want to weigh into this conversation that seems disparate from their lives. They might not have thought of mindfulness practice or yoga. Uh, And I also love that this invites the greater community in the United States and abroad. Uh, We have listeners all over the world who are interested in yoga and maybe haven't really taken on the mindfulness part. I, I can even speak from experiencing in a class and as soon as somebody I remember early on someone would chant or want to do OM, and I just I couldn't say the words. I didn't want to say Namaste. I grew up Catholic, you know, things like that. That these are all opportunities for all of us to just keep listening into this conversation to see, you know, what about these ancient practices can address the piece here? That's the other side of the bridge is the stress that needs attention. So this, this work can reach so many folks and, and so many uh, demographics here. Uh, so we want to keep listening into this, Eric. So you created a program that's available for folks everywhere. Um, it's a 10-week program. Let's break it down in terms of what we can expect by getting the book in terms of where we would start and, and some of the exercises and tools that you would be teaching us. Well, the... But the book itself begins really with the story of how Bootstrap was created over a period of years to help people understand um, not only why it came to being, but how it came to being. Uh, but I think even more importantly, to go back to something that you had just mentioned, Marianne, is that there's a very widespread uh, misunderstanding about what yoga is in this culture. And that is, I would include the lion's share of yoga teachers in that misunderstanding Uh, because as this mind-body science, which is what really is, it's a technique-based science designed to create greater calm and ease in the human organism. Yes, it's been translated for our culture. It's also been twisted, no pun intended, and bent in such a way that it has been focused primarily on the physical, um, which is really a just a very small offshoot of the true practice of yoga. Um, And I think just as importantly, because yoga has come to us from a primarily Hindu culture, that it has various different things that have clung to it, which make people confuse 
the technique-based science of yoga with Hinduism, which are two completely different things. And so I think that the first thing is to really recognize that the, the practices of yoga are really just techniques that we can use to leverage certain parts of our attention, our minds, and our bodies in order to live the happier, healthier lives that we want. And all of the, the, the oming and the chanting and all of that type of stuff, while there's no doubt that that's, um, those are legitimate practices for somebody, they're not necessarily integral to the practice of yoga. So with, with that background, I just wanted to set that up because of the misunderstandings that are out there for a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of people. I appreciate that. And I, I think, now, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to your, to your question about the, how bootstrap works, I think one of the things that we noticed early on, again, in our work here, is that I started when I was teaching uh, yoga and mindfulness, um, I think as the bulk of yoga teachers do, and that was relying very heavily on the somatic or body-related aspects of the practice to have a calming and relaxing effect on the nervous system. So it's inarguable that when you breathe in a certain way and as you let us in that beautiful kind of mindfulness breath meditation at the beginning of the program, I think everybody experienced that there's an immediate reaction on the part of the body-mind to that experience. And it's the same thing when postures are done in a particular way. And so that's where I started my work. But what I began to notice, uh, particularly when I was working with people who were more significantly affected, that there was a lot of backsliding. So they would come to the class, and then we would spend 90 minutes in some meditation, some breathing, and some posture practice. And then almost immediately as they began to move out into the world, the old habits and thoughts and responses would come rushing back in. And so they would get momentary relief, but without any really significant overall progress. So that made me get more and more curious about how could we use some of the other aspects of the science, the science of mind that is yoga, to help stem some of these um, these challenges. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to jump in because it made me think about, I hear this all the time from clients and and people across the, across the world and, and, and uh, I hear, you know, I leave my yoga class and then I'm at the parking lot and I'm screaming at somebody because they took my parking spot to the, the other extreme. You know, I, I can't hang on. I can't hang on to what I've cultivated in class and, and this is a really important piece that your work offers us. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where I began to dive into not just the somatic aspects of the practice, but the cognitive aspects. And there's an awful lot of um, cognitive techniques that this practice offers us really aren't given a lot of play in today's uh, in yoga today. Beautiful. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of those cognitive aspects that Eric has uh, woven through his book, Waging Inner Peace. That's what we're doing here together on Marian Live. Thanks for joining us. Keep breathing in and out. Stay tuned. You get your journals out or your recorder. And uh, come right back. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. 
My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No, no More Love Life Drama, drama for us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you are here. Uh, where else are you going to be, right? Right now, this is a good place to be. So, welcome back to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, as some of you might know, and Eric Well, Robinstein is with us today. He's written a really cool book. Waging Inner Peace is the title. How five thousand veterans use the ancient ancient secrets of yoga and mindfulness to reclaim their lives from stress. So, and, and how you can too. And that's what we're doing here today. So, Eric, you were talking um, about your program, um, the Bootstrap Yoga, you call it, and sort of the the roots of that, how you, how it came to be. And now, you know, moving forward, we're, we're going to talk about some of the tools and skills uh, directly. But before we get there, during the break, you and I were talking about you know, that this work is not what we think. And on the heels of what we were talking about before we went to the break, this is not an exercise program. This is not uh, a way to do some perfunctory uh, spiritual bypass and. You know, it's it's not a lot of things we might think it is, and how we know that is because there are five thousand veterans who probably thought of the word yoga just at first blush and thought, you know, I'm out. This is not going to help me. So, so let's talk about that before we get into the tools. About again, just reiterating what this actually is that you're inviting us into. What is bootstrap yoga? Well, the, the bootstrap yoga program is. Really, one part education uh, and one part technique-based experimentation. Um, and what we're really up to is trying to help people understand how and why stress has gotten such a hold on me. So, what are the internal habits of thought and attention, and how are the ways that I am unwittingly perpetuating the stress cycle? Because that's the key. Most of us. Um, just 
as a knee-jerk reaction, believe that our stress comes from outside of us. I have a stressful job. I have a stressful relationship. My life is stressful, we tell ourselves. And these internal habits that are actually um, worsening and perpetuating the stress cycle are largely off the radar. So the bootstrap yoga system and its initially is really focused on helping people to, and we have a three-pronged process, recognize, release, and restore, recognize these unhelpful tendencies, release them, and then restore the normal relaxed functioning to both body and mind. Gorgeous. All right, so what is the stress cycle that a lot of us are perpetuating? And give us some examples about how we're doing it. Well, one of the, what we've done in this, in the program is we've identified a number of uh, habits and again, when I talk about habits, I'm primarily talking about our habits of mind and the way we think and where we place our attention that are responsible for worsening what I call our experience of our experience. Not worsening our experience, but worsening our experience of our experience. So I'll give you an example. Uh, well, actually, before I give you an example, let me say that one of the habits is something we call resistance, mental and emotional resistance to what's happening. The example is something I think most of us can relate to, um, is sitting in a horrendous traffic jam on the way to work or some other place that you need to get, and you're sitting there going 14 and a half miles an hour in the freeway, or in the fast lane, I should say, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, the fingers grasp around the, uh, the steering wheel and the shoulders come up around the ears and the breath shortens and you start to feel really irritated, and we say, traffic is stressful. And the truth of the matter is, is that, and again, this is the hypothesis that we put forward for everybody to test out on their own, is that the experience of traffic isn't stressful. It's our resistance to the idea of sitting in traffic that is stressful. So if we break it down and we look at what is sitting in traffic, it has to do with sitting in a comfortable chair. It has to do with listening to a delightful radio program like the one we're listening to right now. It has to do with cool air wafting over you for the air conditioning, and it has to do with sitting in a room with a beautiful view of the outdoors. There's nothing in the act of sitting in traffic that is inherently stressful. That is, until we add this thing that we call resistance. And when I say resistance, it's just a simple repetitive thought, this should not be like this, right? So who underbuilt this freeway it should not be like this. I should have taken another route. This should not be like this. And whatever other thoughts that come up that are in at war with what's going on in the moment, those are the things that are really driving the experience of stress in that moment. And so while it's true that we cannot guarantee that we will never sit in traffic again, we can have more and more control over our relationship to the experience of sitting in traffic. And the degree to which we reduce our automatic and habitual resistance to it is the degree to which we reduce the experience of stress within it. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example yeah. of, of the types of things that we investigate. Right. And so if you were going to point out the stress cycle within that example, uh, break that down for us. Well, there's the, there's the experience um, of sitting in this car. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is is that there's an interpretation of what that means. So the mind okay. comes in. And it says that, okay, I'm sitting in traffic, A. Um, the freeway is supposed to move at 65 miles an hour, not 14 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And those, that kind of think, thought process then is at odds with the reality of the situation, which, by the way, 
cannot be any different from how it is, at least for this moment. Right. And so and that, yeah, yeah, that misalignment is what causes the stress response. And actually, the stress response in the body is a bunch of, um, when those neurotransmitters get ignited, those neurons have fired, we actually get a cocktail going in our brain, right? You want, let's talk about that because it's not nothing. Here's the thing that I think is so important for folks to understand. They're physiologically feeling something that feels real and is stress. So if I tell you you're not feeling that, that's not what we're saying here. That is not what you're saying. You're saying something has been triggered by these thoughts that actually creates a cycle that we can keep feeding. It actually becomes physiological, yes. Your heart starts to race. You, you, like you said, your body moves. It tenses. You, you're, you're, you're uh, maybe re- releasing cortisol in your bloodstream. Uh, you could even get up to the fight-or-flight response if you have a panicky thing happening, right? So this is not just a thought. It is triggering a whole crescendo of responses in the body, yeah? Absolutely, and um, because the, the thought processes, then release, as you point out, these, these hormones into the body and the bloodstream. And that's what creates the sensation of stress. Yeah. And what makes that worse, of course, is that as soon as we experience the sensations of stress, that becomes another experience, which is then interpreted, which then releases more hormones, which makes it worse, and then we yeah. get caught in a vicious cycle. Yes. So with the, the bootstrap process, one of the things that we're really focused on is that how the mind is interpreting our particular experience because that's the linchpin because if you can change that interpretation or modify it in some way we can then begin to mitigate the experience of stress and create a different relationship with the same kinds of experiences that used to send us into a tailspin yeah this is the work all right this is the work i don't know about you my people but when I am in a stress response sometimes, it feels like a plane going down, and I'm trying to hold it back with my bare hands. <laughs> you know, like, I just can't hang on sometimes. And, and my, it feels like a fight inside myself between those thoughts and me, the little whisper going, oh, maybe there's another way. Hey, 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 maybe there's another way. Shut up! I'm freaking out! You know, it's like, let's talk about that. Let's, how do we... You know, where is first base here? The education of, of the stress response cycle, I think, is maybe first base, right? Oh, this is what's happening to me. Is that is that true? Is that the first base we want to get on? This is actually happening. I think what's happening is a big part of it. Um, but one of the things that we can talk about in the next sequence, or our next session here, is that we have a specific technique called peaceful coexistence that helps to transform our relationship not only with our outside world but our inside world as well and take the edge right off of that. Beautiful. We're going to do that when we get back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. Everybody, take a deep breath. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. 
Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerano is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com healthylife.net the positive radio network Hey, listen up. Uh, this program is free for veterans, okay? Uh, yeah, did you hear me right, Eric? Is, did I say it right? <laughs> free for... Said it right, yep. Yeah. We provide uh, the whole 10-week program online, uh, free for troops and veterans and their family members, uh, and we have people from all over the world who take advantage of that. We're really happy to be able to do that service. Free for troops and veterans and their families online. Tell them where they need to go. Uh, BootstrapUSA.com. Yeah. All one word, bootstrapusa.com. Happy holidays to you all. Wow, what a gift. Thank you, Eric, so much for that generous offering. Uh, take him up on it, folks, and uh, we're going to be putting that in our newsletter as well. And don't worry, you can go to info at marianlive.com if you've forgotten any of this. Go to marianlive.com for more information. We will put you in the right direction. So when they get the program, uh, they're going to find an education and tools, and they are going to be well on their way, like you said you were, to finding relief from these stress cycles pretty much within the first couple weeks, maybe even in the first few days. Tell us tell us a little bit more. Maybe you might even share a technique or two with us, Eric, as a, as a peek into the program. Well, the way it's broken down is that every week, um, and th- by the way, the whole program is also in the book Waging Inner Peace, so, um, and it's available to other people, too, for a fee, which is what allows us to make it free to troops and veterans. But um, every week you get a video lesson which talks about one aspect of the chronic stress puzzle. This is the education piece. And then that's paired with special daily practices that help you to begin to get firsthand experience with some of these unhelpful habits of thought and attention and how they're actually affecting your stress level. And then you're given specific tools that you can use in order to neutralize those unhelpful habits. So that step-by-step we move through uh, understanding a, a, a piece of the puzzle, then we experiment with it in our own lives to validate that to make sure that we're, that's true for us. And then we use tools to neutralize that particular thing before we move on to the next week's lesson. Great. Well, let me ask you then, what are maybe some of the signs or some of the thoughts or thinking patterns that maybe our listeners might not know that they have fallen into a stress loop? How can they identify? We named some of them. We gave a couple of examples. But just to circle back around there. Sure. Well, we talked about resistance. Um, The other biggie, and this is becoming more and more of an issue in our technology-driven culture, particularly for our younger people. And it's something that uh, we call in bootstrap disintegration. Um, And integration is 
when we're focused and present and connected, um, like many of your listeners probably felt at the beginning of the program. Maybe they're a little scattered before the program. We started breathing. We started feeling. We started being present, and we became more and more integrated. Disintegrated is answering the cell phone, texting this, thinking about that, and where we're scattered all to the winds in any given moment. And the habit of disintegration, which, again, is being driven by our fast-paced culture and technology, actually puts its tremendous load on the nervous system and creates and perpetuates a feeling of stress in our lives. And if we're dealing with additional stresses, it can actually act as an amplifier. Mm -hmm. So this is why one of the the key components of all mind-body technologies, whether it's yoga or mindfulness or anything else, is beginning to train our attention in a way in which it can sit and stay as opposed to flitting off to uh, every shiny object in our environment. Um, Would you share with us uh, one technique, maybe something we can take away with us, and then I want to hear what what folks are saying about your program. Well, the the biggest, here's the the trick trick with that, from from our perspective anyway, is that the techniques are easy. Um, Any kind of guided meditation, um, just connecting with our breath for a few moments during the day and doing it repetitively begins to put us on the path because it calms the nervous system down. And so um, I don't have any magic bullet technique that people can't get anywhere because there are just so many of them um, out there and available, although I will say that there are some that you can uh, access at the bootstrapusa.com website for anybody. But the biggest uh, recommendation I can make for people is to become ever more curious about how they're relating to their world and the ways in which stress is being created. And so when I'm pissy, gripey, grumpy, how do I feel? When I'm calm and relaxed and focused, how do I feel? And when I'm angry, how do I feel? And begin to really tap into the consequences of how we're being. Gorgeous. That's the first step for me. Great advice. Tell us, uh, as we come up to the top of the hour, uh, what are folks saying about this work? Some of the things that, that make you feel like, ah, a, a life well lived on my part. I'm in service to something really great. Um, yeah, some feedback that maybe some of your vets and, and other folks are, are, have given you over the years. Well, you definitely hit the nail on the head, I mean, because that is the most, by far the most rewarding piece of this whole thing is just seeing people um, literally transformed. And a couple of things that come to mind is um, the best short little blurb I ever got was from a U.S. Marine from Camp Pendleton just back from Iraq. Um, three weeks after he started the program, he came to visit me, and he looked at me and he said, um, and this makes me want to well up a little bit, yeah, actually. I feel it is, he said, um, you made me a better father. And um, it, it just, it kind of bowled me over. I was left speechless. Um, but I think that the takeaway for all of us is that when we're talking about stress, and we're talking about becoming more mindful or meditation or taking care of ourselves. We're not talking about those things for the sake of those things. It's really all about living our best lives and being present and available to those people that we love and showing up in the world in the way that we want others to show up in the world and getting out of these vicious cycles and this really kind of unskillful habits that we've all inherited is the necessary first step 
to living the kind of lives and making the kind of world that we all really desire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, last thing I want to ask you is I'm, I'm on a campaign to uh, refurbish our relationship with the word discipline. Say something about that. I think it's a great word, and I think so much of us, so many of us, are terrified of that word. What do you want to say about discipline? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in your camp. Uh, discipline is such an incredibly important aspect of our development uh, because what we're really trying to do is to work against uh, a bunch of untethered habits that are not serving us. And anybody that's ever worked against a habit knows that it takes a certain level of commitment, focus, and discipline. And as a matter of fact, in yoga, we have a word, tapas, which means discipline, that is absolutely necessary if you want to begin to reforge your life and the way that you show up in the world. Yep, and I just got a big old fat psychic hit. That is your next book, is helping us cultivate discipline. I think a lot of your troops know it. I think a lot of us want what you have, and going to help us get there, and the next book is going to help support us in our discipline, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me what you think about that another time, but for right now we're going to break. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you came. It's my, my very great pleasure. Thank you, Marianne. Oh, you bet. All right, we're going to be back. I'll give you Eric's website and all that good stuff, and we'll get back right after these messages. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 877 4 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. We're 
a great show, everybody. Wow. I was in the right place. I hope you feel the same way. A big thanks to Eric Wall Robinstein. So glad he was with us today talking about his book, Waging Inner Peace. If you want to get a copy, it's available wherever fine books are sold. To find out more about Eric and his program, go to www.ericwall.com, E-R-I-C-W-A-L.com, or bootstrapusa.com. And don't forget, military vets, troops, and their families, this program is available for free. Pass that information on. Uh, big heartfelt thanks out to Eric and uh, all of his team. All right, everybody. Yes, here's the last part of our practice today. As if you need something else on your plate, but this one will make you feel good. Go do something good for somebody else, and don't let them know you did it. Part of our daily practice or weekly practice is whatever you can do here on Marianne Live. And, uh, you know, the holidays are coming. You want uh, to offer some wonderful gifts and tools and support, you can go to MarianneLive.com and check out our shopping cart. We've got a beautiful app that most of us can afford for 99 cents. Uh, my husband and I created a great relationship, Begin Within Divination Deck, available at iTunes. Look up True Love Now, and you will find for 99 cents our gorgeous, divination deck there for you to help you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships. Join us next week right here, same time, same place. Karen Casey is going to join us. 52 ways to live in the Course in Miracles right here on Marianne Live. Uh, it's a miracle. Join, uh, the, uh, join us for the, uh, blah, blah, the rest of the day. <laughs> it's a miracle that we made it through this show and uh, a miracle that you're going to be joining us again next week. We're, we're so grateful. See you then, everybody. Take care.